So when, uh, when you truly have an encounter with God, there's this aspect of being uh, responsive to his Holy Spirit. I know that there's been a lot of conversation about revival uh, breaking out in the United States. Many of you know what's going on at Asbury uh, down in uh, Kentucky. And it occurs to me that sometimes when God, God's Spirit begins to move, really most times when God's Spirit begins to move, it begins with repentance. It begins with turning away from things in our lives that, uh, that push us away from God and, and doing 180 so that we might pursue him. But then at the, at the same time, there's also this aspect of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> that's very much ascending spirit. But then we go, and the Holy Spirit will always call us to a life that emulates the life of Jesus, that looks like the life of Jesus, which is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of selflessness. It's a life of love and generosity. It's a life of embracing the unembraceable. Uh, it's, it's a life of love. And uh, we are privileged today in talking about compassion, talking about our partnership with Paul Marcio to have Roger and Damaris with us. Um, Roger is, he's just a white dude. There you go, Roger. Roger's just a white dude from Idaho. And Damaris is Guatemalan from Guatemala. And uh, they met uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, it's just interesting to watch how God pulls lives together in different ways and orchestrates different things. Up until about seven or eight years ago, living just a happy, peaceful life in Nampa, Idaho, just doing their thing. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak and they began to respond. And now they found themselves living in Guatemala. They have two daughters. Uh, one goes to Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, Idaho. The other one goes to Mid-America Nazarene University in Olathe, Kansas. <clears throat> and they live in Guatemala. And so you can imagine if you have a hard time not seeing your family if they live across the street, you know, every other day. Imagine your daughters living in another country. And uh, I really give you a lot of credit there. At the same time, too, uh, Roger is the work and witness coordinator for the Church of the Nazarene in the north central region down there. And so what that means is there's a lot of short-term missions trips that come from usually the United States down there. And Roger organizes all those projects, all the transportation, all of the financials, everything. And uh, Roger's a really gifted person in that area and is right exactly where God has him for that. Damaris started alongside you in that role and then uh, found herself now the director of Compassionate Ministries for that whole region, which includes three different countries in Central America and uh, Guatemala being the kind of the central place right there, not far from Palmarcito, where our partnership church is. And so uh, we are excited to have them with us to share. And uh, I'm going to come back at the end, and we'll have a little bit of a challenge that uh, we're going to be talking about. But uh, would you greet them again as they come, Roger and Damaris? Good morning. Thank you so much for having us here today. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, I wanted to, um, Pastor already introduced our family, but I wanted to show you our, uh, introduce our daughters. Heather is on this side. She's uh, just graduating NNU right now, uh, Northwest Nazarene. You know, all the Nazarene acronyms, I'm, I'm sticking those in now. Uh, 
So she's just graduation, graduating from NMU. She is a, uh, studying graphics design and marketing. And Kristen, our freshman over here, is starting at MNU, Mid-American Nazarene University. We never get those mixed up. Um, so uh, she's studying uh, family ministry, family and youth ministry in, at Mid-American Nazarene University. So that's, uh, that's our family. Um, we also wanted to, I wanted to say a quick thank you for your participation in the WEF, uh, World Evangelism Fund, another acronym there. Um, in, in Spanish, it's FEM, so now we have the acronyms in different languages. It's just a lot of fun. Um, <coughs> WEF is a very critical part, and it, and it sets the Church of the Nazarene uh, apart from other mission organizations. For instance, during uh, COVID, we were able to stay on the mission field because of WEF. Many of our uh, other missionary friends from different organizations in Guatemala didn't stay. They had to come home. So because of your participation in the WEF, it, it was a, uh, we were able to be blessed, to be the hands and feet, staying on the, on the mission field, and uh, we just wanted to say thank you very much. So we are, how did we get here? Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, but uh, this is where we serve, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua and Honduras. used to be Nicaragua. I, I threw that in there. Um, so uh, we serve in 20 districts. There's 15 in Guatemala, three in El Salvador, and two in Honduras. And so we have a lot of uh, places to cover, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun people to, to work with. So the other question, how did we get here? Well, I'm going to tell you a 20-year story in about three minutes, so listen fast, okay? I, I, was, uh, I was called to missions when I was about 10 years old, and I said, uh, I'm not a pastor, no thank you. And God just put that on hold just a little bit. So when I was, uh, and it's amazing how God can use different things to, to guide your path. When I was in high school, uh, my dad allowed me to uh, join ski patrol. And uh, so I learned winter emergency care. When I was uh, my first year in college, uh, I went on, I heard of a touching lives for, a medical touching lives for Christ going to Guatemala. Well, I had medical experience from uh, immobilizing transport, so I said, I'll, I'll go on that one. So we went to Guatemala, and uh, we took a 23-hour bus trip up to the way, 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 way back into Guatemala, Barrias, way, way, Tenango. And uh, turns out my job there was to help the the medical clinic do an inventory of their medicine, so I didn't need my medical experience, you know. And while I was there, I, was, I helped them. I said, well, why don't we put this in a database? And so I, I'm a computer geek. Hello, my name's Roger. I'm a computer geek. Um, so I, I helped them uh, uh, do a little tiny, very simple database that they actually use for the next three years. During that time, um, that's when I first met my wife. She was a translator for the team. And uh, at the end of the team, I was like reflecting, you know, can I do this? I, I love this, this mission work stuff. And I, I looked, and I was on the second floor, looked down, and there's a Dominice and Daisy, and I'm like, ooh, the guy that marries Dominice is gonna be a lucky guy. No, it would never be me, because I would never be back to Guatemala. Well, we got married later on. It's a long story, but I, I only got a couple minutes here. So um, we, uh, I, the next year, I went to Nigeria, Africa, and I had an opportunity to go for a year. 
Um, that didn't work out quite like I wanted, and the situation was not optimal, so I left in about six months. And after that, I took a brief 20-year break from missions. Um, and my wife was still heavily engaged in, the, in missions at the church. She was the NMI president, uh, went on several work and witness teams, always went to the work and witness conference. And I, just, I was thrilled for her to go. I had no interest. Um, she was at this computer, computer uh, I mean, at the work witness conference, and Josh Williams, the Nazarene global tech guy, stood up and said, I'm looking for computer geeks that want to go to the mission field. She's like, hmm. She went and signed me up. <laughs> Took a picture and sent it to me and said, you just signed up. It was a joke, right? And so uh, I made contact with Josh, but nothing worked out of that. He later came to our church and says uh, the same thing. I'm wanting, looking for computer, computer geese to go to the mission field. I raised my hand and said, let's go. We went to uh, Ecuador starting out. And it's amazing how God uses what he has put in your hands as the ability of, of what you can do. I went to Ecuador, and I'm like, how simple will this be? We'll just go down there, buy a wireless router, stick it on the, on the network, and they've got Wi-Fi. Well, everybody had already done that. So there's already 15, 20 routers on one network. Now, that's, you can only have one per network, and so it's a, it was a quite a mess. But we were able to... Uh, I was able to engage and work in that, and I was just like, she's like, she was, she was able to go with us on that trip, and I'm like, you know, I feel like you're changing. I said, this is the first time I can breathe in 20 years. This is the best thing ever. As we left uh, uh, Ecuador, on the way home, I'm like, Josh, where are we going next? He says, we're going home. I says, no, 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 where are we going next? So we went to Swaziland, Africa, and then we went to uh, Costa Rica. Now Josh is starting to give me a little bit more uh, uh, stuff to do on these trips. And then I heard about the opportunity in Guatemala. I said, Josh, you need to go to Guatemala. Now, if you know Josh, he's like, yeah, let's go. And uh, about everything in life. And I said, Josh, we need to go to Guatemala. He says, nope. I'm like, oh, Josh, I'm sorry. I've overstepped my bounds and I, I backed up a little bit. And uh, he says, we are not going to Guatemala. I says, did you just say that I'm going to Guatemala? Without you? He says, yep. Okay, what do we do? And I jumped in, and we went, went uh, had a good time getting that trip ready. Went down, installed everything, and on the way, as we were finished with that, starting to come walk up the seminary campus there, I turned to Ramadis, and I says, we're not done here. I've been on several trips. I know what the last day feels like. This is not the last day. Well, we had our airplane tickets. We jumped on the airplane. We went home. Month, that was October. In December, we got a, a phone call saying, hey, would you guys come be the work and witness coordinators? I'm like, oh, there's a million uh, details between here and there, but yeah, if it all works out, yeah, would, I'm more than willing to do that. We, uh, so, that was, so we left in October. December, we got the phone call. November, we moved back to Guatemala full time. So we went as, like, like Pastor said, we went as joint work and witness coordinators. And uh, a year later, they uh, asked my wife to be the Compassionate Ministries Coordinator. So that's how we got there. I'll let her tell you what we're doing there. Well, um, first of all, we are so excited to be here. 
um, to see what God has been doing this past year and even before that. I just love how God's plan begins to work and begins to place it in the hearts of people. And so before I start sharing more about what Compassion Ministries is doing and is, um, I would like to to say a word of prayer because I want the Lord to use these words to come and speak to your spirits. May not be my words, but may the words of the Holy Spirit talking to all, all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the blessing to be gathered this morning to hear from you and to, to hear what you are doing through your church. And uh, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will just speak to each one of us as we open our hearts. May we hear what you're asking us to do and how we, you want us to participate in your kingdom. I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to, to be your feet, your hands, where you want us to be. Help us, Lord, to, to know. Help us to go. Help us to obey to that call that you're placing in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the church in Palmarcito, for what they're doing over there in their community with those children. Lord, may your gospel be spread through that love, through that compassion shown to everyone. We thank you this morning, and we thank you in advance for what you are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wanted to, to share with you, through Compassion and Ministries, we have many different emphasis that we are ministering um, through and with. And... This, yesterday, as we met with the different groups here in the church, we shared a little bit of the different areas that we, through Compassion and Ministries and the local church, are serving our communities. Um, and this morning, I want to talk about one of those areas and being child sponsorship and child development. Um, and before I go any further, I want to say thank you to all of you that are being part of the child sponsorship program. If you have been participating in this program for many years, you know that it is a blessing to be part of someone's life thousands of miles away from home. But we, I want to say a special thank you because, because of your involvement in child sponsorship, we have 600 and I think today we have 610 children sponsored in our field. And um, it is uh, a really busy work, but it's so rewarding to see. I get to see on this end um, what those $30 is doing for, for all those children that are being sponsored. We have five uh, CDCs in Guatemala. And we have uh, three in the making and preparing to become official. So we are just thankful that we are giving the opportunity for many lives to be changed. And I know that there are many more uh, just in our region. Uh, last year, we had more than 1,000 children that needed to be uh, sponsored. 
and that's in our Mesoamerica region. So I know the opportunity is there, but I just want to say thank you for those that are already being part of this amazing ministry. Um, in Palmarcito, we have um, 30 children that are being sponsored, and I know that there's more opportunity for more. Um, it's been amazing to see uh, the work that is happening through this uh, program. Pastor Nestor, um, he is an amazing pastor. For those of you that were able to meet him last year, um, that guy doesn't stop. It, and it, they have a program where it's not just, you know, giving them a plate of food. They, we are working on a holistic way program so that children not only receive a plate of food, but they also are getting a spiritual fed. They're getting um, to, to have education. And also, we're um, making sure that their physical health is, is, is well. Um, I want to tell you a story about Charito. Um, we'll go to the next. Yes, Charito Shook. Um, I always love to share stories of success because we see how the hand of God is working in each child's um, life. Charita, when she was a little girl, her mom was a widow, and she had three children. Well, all three children were part of the child sponsorship program of the Church of the Nazarene. Her mom didn't know how to write, how to read, but she knew that if she brought her children to church, they will learn about Jesus, and they will learn, um, you know, how to be involved in the church. So they were faithful to the church, and to this day, that woman still can know, read, or write. But every time I see her, she says, I'm praying for you. And so I know that that little old lady, even now when we have any challenges, I tell Charito, tell your mom to pray for us, for this and this, because I know that she's such a prayer warrior. Was as Charito grew up, she was able to graduate out of the program, and she had her high school degree, and she continued on with her studies. But Charito is a successful story, and one that was sponsored by child sponsorship in the Church of the Nazarene with the NCM programs. And uh, now Charito is our coordinator for child development and child sponsorship in the field. Who else better than Charito, who had been participating, had been the recipient of that program, is now directing, helping us direct us and centers and making sure that the children are indeed getting that holistic uh, uh, program, being participants of that. Um, it's such a blessing to have her right there in our program um, as director now, as coordinator. Um, she has been in touch with the children. She goes and visits them, and she says, you know, Damaris, when I was in the, in the program, I wish that we did this and this and that. And now I think I want to implement that in the centers. I'm like, you know better. You know what the children need. Go for it. So um, it's fun to see all these things being implemented. Now I wanted to tell you the story about Erica. Erica was also, um, as a little girl, 
um, she was being raised by her grandma. Her mom had gone on with another man, and so her grandma took in this little baby. And when she was little, she had an accident. She fell off the bed and hurt her head to a point that she was actually injured, and she began having uh, seizures. As she grew up and to be a school age, um, you know, where she needed to start school, grandma will send her to school, but then the teacher will say, sorry, we can't have her in the class. It's so disrupting, and she is um, continually having these seizures. We don't know how to help her, so she needs to stay home. In her area, in her village, they didn't have those special needs schools, you know, for these type of kids. So grandma, one of one day began talking to one of our coordinators, Veronica. And she says, you know, um, my granddaughter is going through this, and I don't know if there's a way that the church can help me. Um, and so Veronica um, signed Ver uh, Erica up in the program and said, well, we're going to see how we can help her. Before Ver uh, Erica was able to be sponsored, um, Veronica started helping her with medical uh, with the medical bills and took her to a clinic to examine her. The doctor was able to pinpoint, you know, her issues and got her the medicine that she needed. And very soon, Erica was able to manage those seizures better in such a way that she was able to go back to school. And she was able to find a sponsor for Erica, and so Erica began being sponsored by someone here in the U.S. And this is where I get emotional, I get passionate, because you see the hand of God changing the lives, one child at a time. When she went back to school, her PE teacher um, saw that Veronica had a talent for running. And she, he thought, you know, I think I need to start training with her. And... He began training her and saw that she had such a talent for it. And um, she began competing, you know, with inter-schools. And she was always winning the first place. So she, he thought, man, this girl can really get ahead, you know. So he signed her up in national events. And then with uh, competing with another cult, uh, countries within a region, El Salvador and Honduras. And she was always winning. So he thought, well, this is, I don't know what's happening, but this is worth, you know, um, pursuing. So in the meantime, Erica continued being part, you know, of those weekly sessions, those weekly meetings at the church. And um, while the PE teacher began to training with her, they realized, okay, there is more in Erica. So to make a long story short, Erica represented Guatemala a couple years ago in the uh, Olympics, in the Special Olympics. And that goes, the glory goes to God. Because someone, someone out there decided that Erica was going to be that sponsored child from their family. And Erica continued getting those, the medicine through that child sponsorship program. Um, I think Erica scored like 30th place, you know, in the Olympics. 
But it doesn't matter. The fact that she was able to go represent Guatemala, knowing her story, was it is a God story to me. It's a story that God has used for many people to be touched and say, you can be a part of someone's life. You can change that chapter in someone's life. Someone that didn't have opportunity, now they have opportunity to go to school, to have a uniform, to have school supplies. Someone that, because their teeth might be rotten, but because the child sponsorship program has come and given them a medical checkup, they realize this child needs a follow-up with their teeth, with, their, with a dentist. And they're able to, to get that help uh, that they need. And so... I am just thankful because child sponsorship is not about sending a check for $30 or having it discounted for your account, from your account. It is about changing and making a difference in someone's life. Now, when we talk about El Parmacito and all these now young men that are part of the program, I know that Pastor Rich has had, has met, and Shelly have met some of these kids when they were younger. And as I was talking to Pastor Nestor, he said, make sure that you tell their story. And so I am delighted here to share uh, their story. While these kids were some of the first kids sponsored by the program, now they have come and of, now they have graduated, and now they're giving back to those kids that are in the program now. Some of them are even participating in the district, uh, on a district level in the leadership of the church. He, Pastor Nestor said, I was so proud to see the nomina for all the, and see all the names written in, in there. That a lot of those people in that list for voting for district leadership are Kids are young people from our program that someday, one day they came to us just from the community and we have been working with them. So you, you see, it's not a program that once you stop or once they turn 18, it, it just, okay, I completed my goal and that kid graduated and I'm done. No, that is an investment for life and for eternity. For life, because these kids have grown and have, are becoming to be someone in society, in their communities. They are giving back to, um, to their communities and to their church. They're, they're leaders now in the church. While we have more children to be uh, involved in, in the sponsorship program, Pastor Nestor is not just working with those 30 kids. Oh, I'm just going to work with them because they're the ones being sponsored. He is adding more kids than they can handle. Um, and how are they doing this? Well, they, are, they sell tamales. They sell food on the weekends. They do all kinds of uh, creative things to, to generate more funds to, to help those children. And I am so excited because through the partnership that your church and El Palmarcito are becoming, are, are forming, um, there's going to be more opportunity for more impact in their community. And um, 
as I was sitting right here in the pew, I got a text. And this is a text from Pastor Nestor. He knew that we were going to be here. And this man of God, he is so on fire for the Lord. And he, his love, I don't know, uh, is just bursts. Everywhere you see him, every, everything he does, he does it with such passion and love. And I know that he loves Real Life Community Church, even though he has not met all of you. But he said in this, in his message, I'm going to read it in Spanish and then I'm going to translate it. Um, he said, saludos hermanos. Qué gusto es saber que están bien. Estamos muy felices de saber que pueden recibir noticias nuestras a través de hermana Damaris. Gracias por sus pensamientos por nosotros. Esperamos que Dios los bendiga en todo lo que emprendan, en especial en la iglesia. Que Dios los guarde y pronto podamos verlos. Quizás no a todos, pero en fotografías y en videos podemos tenerlos cerca. Nuestro aprecio y amor para ustedes. Gracias por todo su cariño y afecto para el pan marcito de parte de todos nosotros. Bendiciones. So here he says, greetings, dear brothers. It's a pleasure for me to greet you. We are very happy to know that you can receive our greetings through Hermana Damaris or Sister Damaris. Thank you for your thoughts over us. We hope that God will just bless you in everything that you do, especially as a church, that God will keep you and that we will uh, soon see each other. Maybe we won't be able to see you all at once or get to know all of you but through pictures and through videos we will be able to have you close to us we love you we appreciate you um, thank you for all your love and affection and from every one of us at El Parmacito God bless you so what I want to do right now before I get going I want to take a picture of this church. And on the count of three, I'm gonna have you raise your hand and like you're greeting them. I'm gonna ask Roger to help me um, with this picture. And then I will be able to bring it back and say, okay, they too send you greetings back. That's what partnerships are about, correct? That's what relationships are about. We don't speak the same language, but through Jesus Christ, is the one that joins us together, and we become one in the body of Christ. So I'll let you guys take this picture or video, and we will um, send it to them. So one, two, three. There we go. Okay, thank you. So we'll continue here, and we're going to be almost done, but... So now you see, it's this child sponsorship thing. It's not something that you see on TV and then you never hear what is happening with your $30 that you give. The child is able to write to you a couple of times a year or more than that if, you know, if possible. And then you also have the opportunity to write back. We are thankful for technology because now we can upload those letters and we can download them and translate them. So we have people in our office that are 
every day. They're there translating letters. They're there communicating with the offices and the coordinators and, you know, um, talking about the needs of, of the children. We get um, messages saying, the house of such and such child got burned last night. Is there a way that uh, child sponsorship can help? And God is being good. He has provided for us to have a special fund right there that if there is an emergency that we're able to, to meet those needs. Another child had fallen sick in the hospital and had um, like half of her body was completely uh, immobile. And we began to pray for little Sarah in El Salvador. And we were uh, talking to the grandparents and, um, of this child. And she says, she's in the hospital. She can't talk. She can't eat. She's just completely paralyzed. And as we began to pray, we gather uh, to pray for little Sarah. We asked prayer throughout our field for little Sarah. And God answered prayer. She, um, we got a message later from the grandparents. They said, well, Sarah began to move, and now she's home. She, uh, she has problems with her lef left arm. You know, she's not walking very stable, but she is home now. And so we thought, well, how can we help Sarah during this process? And they shared with us maybe some um, uh, help, you know, from... Uh, helping her walk or helping her, you know, move some therapy. So, again, we touch on that little fund and we send some funds so that the therapist could come to the house. And now they said, you know, Sarah, she's running and she, it, it's like nothing happened to her. All glory to God that he answers those prayers. So, if this morning you hear the little voice of the Holy Spirit coming to you, you can, I can just invite you. Um, Pastor Rich, throughout the time, will have more information, but if you just go to ncm.org, you will find children. Uh, we're hoping that to be approved so that we can add more children to be sponsored to the uh, Parmacito CDC as well. So when the news come that we have, um, that, that they have approved that, we will for sure let you know if you, you know, wish to sponsor more children in El Parmacito. But um, just listen to what God is saying to you. Sometimes, you know, we say, oh, it's $30 a month. Well, we're buying coffee at Starbucks or, you know, we, I don't know, sometimes we spend money that we think, oh, it's, it's nothing. But $30 is for sure going to make an impact not just for life, but for eternity. So it's an a, a amazing investment. So we thank you for your time, and I just want to thank you, Pastor Rich and Shelly, for your hospitality. You guys have been amazing. I just feel like I've known you guys forever. I don't know. But uh, I met them last year, and I'm just excited to see what God is going to do through, through each one of you and your partnership with El Parmacito. We appreciate your prayers. As we go back, there's, we're always on the move. You, ne you never know where we're heading next, or our daughters will say, I don't know where, what country you guys are in, but I you know, hope you guys are doing okay. I just, you know, um, covet your prayers, that we, as we continue to minister, that we will see what Jesus sees, that we 
we sense what he senses in his heart. It's um, yesterday I talked about, you know, we have so many needs, and we can really be overwhelmed by all of that. But as we follow God's vision, to where is it that he wants us to go and um, gear all this um, energy or ministry towards that we will be able to be sensitive to his voice. So thank you for having us here and uh, appreciate your involvement with missions and looking forward to see what God is going to do through you. Thank you. Thank you, Roger and Damaris. So uh, when it comes to child sponsorship, there's a, a couple ways that uh, we had kind of been praying and talking about how to go about doing this. Uh, it is $30 a month to sponsor a child, one child. And at the same time, too, we potentially have the opportunity of sponsoring between 20 and 30 more kids in Palmarcito. Uh, as Damaris uh, mentioned, there's a certain number that they are actually receiving money to help sponsor and provide food and clothing and schooling and medical needs and all kinds of different things for those kids. But uh, Pastor Nestor in that church, uh, I've often said that that church exists because of compassion. It's because of the heart that they have for the community and for the families in that community. And uh, while 50 to 60 kids are not being sponsored, all of those kids are being taken care of through the church. And um, if you've ever been there, and if you've ever seen what they have to work with, you know that they are sacrificing um, in ways that are just kind of beyond imagination in order to meet the needs of some of these other kids that do not have sponsors. And so we thought, well, what is, what is one way to do this? $30 for some people a month is not a big deal. For some of you, are on really fixed income. So the idea of $30 a month, that's, that's a challenge. So here's what we kind of thought we would do. If you would look at that piece of paper, that's in your seats right now. I think we as a church have no problem collectively sponsoring 20 to 30 kids. I think that's something we can do. And so uh, here's what I want to just challenge us to think about, to pray about, to do. And uh, you might be like, man, I can, I can give a buck a week, four bucks a month. I can, I can give a buck a week. Well, knowing that there will be about 450 people that walk through these doors today, if everybody did a buck a week, that'd, that'd take care of it. That would take care of it. Some of you are like, well, I can give five bucks a week. Some of you are like, I give 10. I want to encourage you just to pray. We're going to pray here in just a moment and just be thinking about what can we all do collectively? Because this isn't just you're partnered with somebody or you're partnered with somebody. We have a partnership with a body of Christ in Guatemala right now. And, uh, I think you know, based on what you heard from Damaris and what Pastor Nestor, and I got up here too because he kept messaging me as well. Uh, I just really hope everybody at some point before heaven gets to meet Pastor Nestor. <laughs> because uh, he, well, and the best part of my day is when Pastor Nestor just randomly thinks that he and I can FaceTime together and I know exactly what he's saying. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, but he, he's messaging me, so I went live with him on Facebook Messenger, and when you all waved, he saw you waving, and he was waving back, and they're just really super excited to be in this partnership with us, partially because of the fellowship and the reality that we're connected to another body of Christ, but I think also just the recognition that we're united in mission, that he knows the lives that are going to be impacted for Jesus because of this partnership. 
And so what I just want to challenge all of us to do is collectively, what, what, could, what could we all do combined together? And I, here's what I can guarantee you. If 20 kids show up on that registry, we'll be able to sponsor all 20. If 30 show up, we'll be able to sponsor all 30. If all of a sudden you all get really generous, you're like, I think I can give 1000 bucks a week. <laughs> we will figure out how to sponsor a ton of kids. But I really believe in, in child sponsorship. I've seen it, and you've heard the stories of lives that are just completely transformed and pulled from the margins and invisibility. These are, these are in, in, in the realm of the world, non-existent children. They're non-existent children. And yet, now you have people competing on global stages. You have all kinds of different situations taking place and turning around and feeding back into their communities with love and mercy and, and compassion. So here's what I want to challenge you. <clears throat> maybe it's a buck a week, maybe it's three bucks a week, whatever it is, collectively we can, we can take care of a lot of business. And so I want to encourage you to write something down. Uh, if you give online, uh, there's now a new drop down. If you click drop down, you can give that $1 online or whatever. Uh, you can do that, or each week you can write it on your on your giving envelope as you drop it in the offering or give in the back. But uh, or you might be like, do I have to do it every week? Can I just do it like once a month? I give once a month, so I just do the math. That's how I do it. So give however you want to, but the goal of this is mass participation, and mass participation so we can actually have a bigger impact than we might if we all just kind of operated on our own. Does that make sense? Should I keep beating this drum, or, or do we get it? I think I get it. I think I understand what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And would you thank Roger and Damaris again for, for being here? And they're going to be around. Make sure you meet them and greet them and, and chat with them. But uh, I'm going to pray, and whatever God lays in your heart, I want to encourage you to, to fill that out. There are boxes and the exits back here on, on the wall, you can just drop it right in there. We don't even ask for your name. So we just want to know what we can start planning for and, and kind of go from there. So sound like a plan? All right. Father, uh, thank you that you've seen us. And uh, every single person on this planet is fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in their mother's womb. And Father, uh, we are being handed an opportunity to join into your work that's already existing. Uh, we know that our friends in Palmarcito are going to do whatever they need to do uh, to meet the needs of the, the families and the children they have around them. And Father, uh, we have a privilege of partnering in that and being a part of that impact. So uh, Father, help us to take the steps that we need to take. And even on a broader scale, Father, I just pray for anybody in this room that might be feeling a tug on their heart of what you might be asking them to do with their life. Uh, Father, you have permission to change our plans. That is, <laughs> that is your prerogative. Uh, and Father, I pray that each of us would just earnestly desire to be in the center of whatever your will is for each of us. We love you. We praise you. It is in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And uh, if you want to drop those in the back boxes, that would be fantastic. Thanks.